0: Maskin is black. What you looking Masking at? Masking is black. What you looking Masking
1: at? Masking is black. What you looking Masking at? Masking is black. Welcome to episode 53 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Today I am joined by Janet Jane Iga. She is a Nigerian-American multidisciplinary artist with her 14-year career spanning in fashion e-commerce, styling, merchandise planning, interior styling, public relations, and publishing. When she became an editor in 2010, starting out as an assistant, Jane has been privileged to assist major stylists on the sets of Vogue Russia, Vogue Australia, Zinc, Claire's Accessories, Dennis Basso, MBFW, and Footwear Plus magazines before becoming a key stylist to her own clients such as Taylor Beard, Neiman Marcus, J.C. JCPenney's, Century Twenty One and the Maid Hotel. Well, Jane, that is quite the resume. <laughs> Thank quite you. Quite the resume. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am honored.
0: No, yeah, likewise. Thank you for having me.
1: I feel like you're a heavy hitter. (laughs) With that resume, that's a heavy hitter resume. You know what? You
0: you don't even realize, like, how much work you've accrued over time until somebody tells you to write a bio. And I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So
1: much, so much great stuff there. I'm going to have to unpack all of that. So
0: I like to... (laughs)
1: start the show just like with a little icebreaker okay. um okay. i like to call it like this or that okay. and okay. i know this is going to be like super fun for you <laughs> so let's start with my favorite question of them all Okay. mules or wedges
0: heels or wedges mules oh mules or wedges, or wedges. oh ugh, i don't really uh okay mule,
1: <laughs> mule. <laughs> um, motorcycle jackets or trench coats
0: motorcycle jacket
1: a brim fedora or a beret Mm, neither neither i'm not a hat girl (laughs) okay i
0: I do wear a hat it'll be a beanie
1: gotcha uh skinny legs or a wide leg
0: skinny legs for sure for sure
1: great leather or suede
0: (sighs) that's hard uh leather (laughs) i know
1: (laughs) Leather, sorry, Leather. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You have to make sure you have the right one, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's great. So, just gonna hop into our first segment. Um, our first segment is just called It's a Look. Is somebody in the media this week that you felt slayed during this quarantine? I know it's quite hard to slay, um, in these quarantine days, but we do this segment just to see like what's going on in the media and what we like and our. It's a segment, um, segment is actually sponsored by Wear Lapels. Oh, nice. It's called Harrison Blake Apparel. Um, they sell neckties, bow ties, lapel pins, bracelets, and jewelry for ladies. You can take off an additional 80% off their website through April 30th by using call 8WOW in all caps. That was so, awesome. Jane. Let me know who you think slayed in the, in the in the media this week.
0: So it's a little bit of a tie for me because I feel like I've been following lately, like a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, influencers actually have been just like kind of watching like the IG lives and things like that, that has been happening. So, mm-hmm. um, I will say slaying right now is Kayla Walker. I don't know if you know That's her. Not. Kayla um, Walker. She's, like, a host, so she's, like, a seven-time Emmy-nominated, like, media maven. So she's, um, she does a lot uh, of online things. She's been doing, hosting, like, a lot of lives and just featuring people. Like, oh, Keela
1: Walker, K-E-A. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I feel like she is just really killing it in the home slaves game. I'm, like, dang, um, you know, making me feel crazy for being in my pajamas all day. <laughs> 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 but um and then I guess like I recently just uh saw uh the song that the single that Kelly Rowland released so I feel oh. like she is like slaying with the coffee that that's dope like I I really love that yes Kelly Rowland one of my favorites yeah she was definitely getting in somebody was like oh uh Beyonce had the lemonade and uh what's her name Kelly brought the coffee now we need Michelle to bring the tea <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh,
0: but like, yeah, that's I definitely think up. that's um some of the people that's been on my radar, as well as um I don't know if you know Kalana Bradfield. She's like an oh yes. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. This is like all style go. Yeah, I love her. Her her looks is always like she's always a look.
1: Yeah. She's an editor as well. So mm-hmm. let's like hop into like you like you and your background. Tell us a little bit about um like your background, where you grew up, where you're from, and like what was like your, you know, full your fuel inspiration and motivation for, you know, pursuing your career in like the media digital world.
0: Yeah, so um it's it's funny because honestly, I didn't even really I didn't growing up I didn't have a a passion for like pursuing media. Like I never, mm-hmm. that was never a thing for me. I just naturally could write. I naturally um, wrote poems and, um, and music. And so that was kind of like my whole world. Um, and then, and I grew up pretty much in, i New York native New Yorker. Um, my parents are first generation Nigerian immigrants. So, um, I have a Nigerian background, um and basically i grew up in queens for rockaway and i literally like music was like everything so i used to like do rap battles like out on the street and um like oh dope yeah so legit i thought i was gonna be a rapper so (laughs) (laughs) literally that was like my career path if i wasn't gonna be a rapper i was gonna be a lawyer so oh, wow. that was like really what happened. But like in high school, like towards the end of um, like high school, I kind of um, I kind of started to realize how much I loved fashion more than just it being for myself in a hobby. And uh, actually, like a, someone I was involved with at the time was like, you know, you're pretty dope with like styling and stuff like that. You should be a stylist. And I'm like a stylist. Like, what's that? Like, I did not even know what that was. So um, he was just like, oh, it's the people that dress, people, whatever. So then, I don't know, I just took an interest in it. And then I just started, like, trying to figure out how to get into it. Um, And my parents are traditional Nigerian. So they were just like, no, you're not going to school for fashion. If you're not going to school for law, we're not paying for anything. So I kind of took a year off of school to just kind of, like, work and figure out what I wanted to do. And then I eventually just, like, had to, like, kind of find my own way into fashion.
1: Gotcha. Wow. So you didn't have like a big support like from your family at first because they just didn't understand it.
0: Yeah, they didn't understand it. They were like, What is this? Like you're gonna be broke for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and like if you're not a, if you're not talking about being a lawyer, like where did this come from? Who's influencing you? You know, it was stuff like that. So, um, I just became really rebellious and I just had to like kind of find my own way. Um, I started Looking on like Craigslist and looking online, how do you become a stylist? Who do you contact? So I just started reaching out to stylists um, and asking them, can I assist them? And that's basically how I started. Um, and then as I got into that and I really liked it, I ended up at Rain Magazine, um, which is like a magazine for creative entrepreneurs. Um, Nova Lorraine runs that, she's the uh, founder and editor in chief. And I worked with them for about five and a half years. I basically started off as an assistant, and I would just really just, um, just kind of be like her go-to person for like setting up a shoot or like putting all the pieces together. Then it kind of escalated into me like overseeing submissions, and then that's where I really got into like the mag, the mag, excuse me, the magazine world, and um, and I started to be like, wow, like this is this is a whole thing, like wow. And then I ended up doing my first in like really big internship at Dennis Basso and I interned there for like six months helping them prep for like uh, Mercedes-Benz fashion week and that was just like literally where I fell in love like that whole era was where I fell in love with like marketing publishing and I was just like this is what I want to do
1: amazing what would you say was your biggest struggle
0: when you first started out um that's a lot of struggles girl <laughs> I mean just number one um I feel like being a stylist and I didn't know it at the time is a really um there's no straight shooter like route to that and usually like when you're even trying to become a stylist it's very like closed off it's a very closed circle um, you know, like your contacts and everything. No one wants to give you contacts. You got to really figure it out. So that was like my biggest struggle, like trying to get in contact with showrooms that would actually trust me to pull like, you know, thousands of dollars worth of clothes and jewelry and just to do a shoot that I didn't even know where it was going. So that was like my biggest struggle in the beginning. Cause I didn't really know how it all worked. So I was just like, oh yeah, I'm a stylist. Like I want to pull your clothes. And they're like, okay, for what? And I'm like, for what? What do you mean for what? I just want to pull your clothes, you know, but <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know that, you know, you're pulling clothes because you're published, you're um, publicizing it. And eventually it brings them. So I didn't know that whole thing. So that was really my struggle. Just like not really having, someone to you know say hey this is what you do this is what this is about I kind of had to learn that on my own
1: gotcha what advice can you give to a, a stylist starting out now like do you recommend that like they go to school and get the educational side behind it because I see that there's definitely styling programs popping up here and there or yeah um, like how to be a stylist um, like mentor it's all types of stuff that's like popping up do you recommend right. that stuff or do you say just get out there and just try to do it your own and figure it out
0: Right, right, right. So I've I've actually seen uh, a lot of stylist schools pop up like over time, and some of them have popped up and went away. Some of them I thought were really great programs, but then they ended up not really lasting. And I think they not they're not lasting because people don't. It's almost like being a stylist is kind of like a luxury, and I say this a lot to like my friends. Um, Being a stylist Mm -hmm. is kind of like a like a luxury thing. Like people, you kind of have to sell that to people like, oh, I'm a stylist or you need a stylist, you know, that kind of thing. Now it's become Mm -hmm. more of a necessity. But I feel like the schools, um, unless they're providing you with contacts, I don't see the point in paying for that um because, <laughs> the resources right because you need the resources you can go and and personally me personally I just don't think you can teach somebody how to style I think um people who gravitate towards styling sort of kind of already have an innate like sense of style and um you know or they wanted to be a designer or they have a really like innate sense of design like i feel like people like that but teaching like the business of so if it's teaching you the business if it's giving you the contact then yes i say go for it you know but um if it's and then if it there's like a support system which i know like school of style was doing that for a while um but then they kind of like fizzled into like online classes and I've never taken classes on school of style I've never done any of that um but that was like one of the ones that I saw that was like kind of you know help supporting the stylist like giving you like the lowdown on like how to invoice like who like how much you're charging like that kind of thing but I would say in my experience the that experience in this particular field would be the best teacher. Like just reaching out to a stylist that you really admire and saying, "Hey, I'd love to um, intern for you. I'd love to assist." Um, stylists are always, always, always looking for assistance. So I would recommend that'd be the best thing because. That's your direct contact. Yes, you're working for free, but you're literally getting paid and, like, experience and being in the room with people that you, you know, that you probably currently, like, look up to and then getting those contacts and knowing how to do it right.
1: hmm Now, you can't, and that's that type of information is priceless. Yeah,
0: seriously. <laughs> like, I remember, um, you know, even when I was interning at Dennis Basso, so that year, they actually had Patty Wilson um styling the show and i was like so in love with patty wilson and i had no clue that she was styling the show until one day i showed up and they're like oh we're all in the you know the the showroom and i'm like okay so walking over to the showroom from like the production side and then it was like oh this is patty she's like doing everything and just to be in the room with patty see how she works and how she you know how she manages, like, a a fitting for, like, for runways, like, that was priceless to me, like, I've never forgotten that, so, like, those experiences, you, you can't pay for that, you really can't.
1: Absolutely, would you say that um, when you are first starting out as a new fashion business, um, how crucial do you feel like it is, like, to have, like, media coverage so I'm I'm particularly talking about like when stylists and designers kind of partner with one another okay. I know a lot of times designers like to think that they are stylists or like vice right. versa um, but do you feel like that the connection between the stylists and the designers should be more I guess innate because like it's like we kind of need them and you guys kind of need us mm-hmm. you know you need to pull from us but we need you to you know do that placement Right. Us, right. you know? like and how crucial do you feel like having that relationship um as a stylist designer opposed to like one person trying to encompass it both because i feel like i see that often like i'm a designer mm, and a stylist, yeah. and i'm a stylist and i'm a designer yeah. but it's just like are you really which one is it because i like <laughs> you know I what i mean because like, it's, like, it's like i feel it's,
0: like that you know? kind of popped up because of like money you know like i feel like us a, a, a a new designer, sometimes anyway, a new designer is not necessarily in the place to hire a stylist or um, hire a PR firm, I should say, um, wh- mm-hmm. because they don't know stylists. They either don't know the stylist and they can't hire a PR firm. So they're like, okay, I'm going to be a designer and a stylist. I've seen that too. And I don't, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I don't think you should try both. I think design and be the creative because it takes a lot to even be in that to be a creative director of a brand and really make something of it um it really takes a Mm. lot like um so i've like you know worked with designers consulting them and i tell them all the time like i can't be more excited about your brand than you are like if i'm promoting your brand you have to literally be building a brand like i you can't be like all over the place doing this or doing that like you need to be building focus on your brand that takes so much brain power just to be that creative um but I definitely think the the connection between the stylist and the designer is important. And that's one of the reasons why I started OPR um, was because I felt like designers weren't really that privy to how important that relationship is. And over the years, I've met so many celebrity stylists, so many like rising stylists, and the the need is always the same the need is i need clothes and i need it now i just got this project yesterday or i just got this project three days ago i need clothes like right now and so it's like most of the times when you reach out unless you're like a huge name and or the person you're styling is a huge name you're not gonna have gucci ready available gucci for like three four five seasons is already booked like completely mm-hmm. complete collection so it's like then we're going to the independent brands but the independent brands have to be ready for sort of that interaction you know and that was where like i saw myself inserting myself in where it's like independent brands in the beginning when i first like started i'd reach out to brands like i'd find a brand on instagram And then I'd like go to their Instagram. They don't even have like any way for me to contact them. Go to their, like if they had a website, they didn't even have like a way to contact them through their website, you know? So it was just always Mm -hmm. like, I had to kind of like jump through loops and- And hoops to kind of even get in contact with them. And then when I get in contact with them, most of them would probably respond like way after the time that I need the project done, or they would respond but once and then not respond again or follow up to like, you know, actually see that thing through. So then I thought to myself, you know what, I feel like there's a lack of it was a lack of an understanding of why people are actually becoming designers and why they need that uh, that publicity. Because if no one, if you're mm-hmm. designing in your closet, in your room, and you hope to be, I don't know, an Alexander McQueen one day, th- that starts with somebody seeing it. That starts with dressing the right client. That starts with um, getting the right people to see it in the right way. So I definitely feel like stylists kind of shape that, you know, there's a book called stylists and they are literally the image creators. They are the people who create image for yes, their brand, the person, the celebrity they're working for, but really they are developing an image for a brand, a designer that is seeking to be in a particular space whether it's luxury or streetwear, whatever it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Complete sense. Mm-hmm. Would you say that um I guess that there needs to be I almost I don't even want to say education. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i like, I almost wanna say education, light, but the- I guess like <laughs> lo- just something to make not not make, but just like help designers see that. Because they always, you know, they, you know, their designs are like their baby. Right. So they're afraid to, like, you know, let it go and, like, put it else in someone else's right. hand. Like, for them to see something they don't. But I guess it's all about, like, I guess really connecting with someone that you can right. trust or you really, really love, like, their vision. But I don't even think that they see the importance of it to be completely yeah. honest um, yeah. because they're just like, Oh, I'm going to design my own stuff. Like and I have, I've, I've been in that space before, mm-hmm. you know, as a designer, <laughs> where I'm just like, I don't want anyone to style my stuff. Like I have my vision, right. but you can come together on a mood board and figure things out, you know, and kind of figure out like, what's the best way to go. But I guess, like you said, it's definitely going to be like a money aspect, like whether you can even hire a right. stylist, but it's okay. like, at what point do you learn? Like, you know, you got to put some money into your branding. You know, like that's part right. of branding, like styling and putting it in the right place. I think, so, I guess go what, ahead, go ahead. I'm not going to say. I was going to say, what would you say, like to a designer? I guess to like make them understand that aspect of it. Like, this should be kind of included in your advertising and marketing budget because you need right.
0: this. Like, well, you know? I would, I would say that to a to a designer who doesn't first understand that they need this um, you need it, <laughs> because, <laughs> right? Um, it makes no sense for you to pour money into making a brand that no one's going to see. Like that's just point blank period. That's- like you might as well just mm-hmm. go shopping with it and dress nice, you know, like, <laughs> right. Because if you're not getting it, if you're not getting the visibility for the brand, then it's not linking back to sales. And that's a whole nother thing because sometimes, um, designers and I've worked with designers in the past that have been like, Oh, I just want to get my stuff on Haley Baldwin or I just want to get my stuff on so and so person. And it's like, okay, like that's cool, right? That can possibly happen. However, when that does happen, are you ready for that? Like what's your like what's your end goal? Do you have your website set up to take sales for that particular product? Do you have product shots for that thing so that when people go and they see so and so wearing your clothing, is your is can can there be a link to something that gives you tangible results. Like you want to get a return on investment on that. So pretty much um, I feel like designers, the education is lacking because they feel one, like you said, they don't want to, you know, tamper with their vision. But the thing is that it's almost like it takes a village to raise a child, right? In order for you to build your your (laughs) brand, you know you kind of have to relinquish creative agency a little bit in the beginning mm-hmm. but i still think you can you can like you said conceptualize together or kind of set standards you know i have brands that i work with that tell me you know i want to be you know this to black people and i say that's amazing and so i keep that in mind if i'm doing a project that okay this brand told me they want to be this so i think they'd be great for this project this brand told me that they want to be known as you know the high-end version of whatever and then i'll keep that in mind as a stylist so i mean you can set you can have a vision and you can set the standard for someone pulling but again um just even relinquishing the control of someone having your pieces I just think the education of not knowing that you can, you know, take a person's credit card information and say, Hey, listen, if I don't get these pieces back within so to so amount of days and they're not in pristine condition, I'm going to charge your card and you make them sign a waiver. Some designers just don't even want to go right. through the hassle. So then it's like, why go through the hassle of making your pieces then? Like it's just not worth it.
1: Right. It's funny because I felt like you just answered my second question because I was going to say like discuss like why it's so important uh, to understand every aspect of your brand and how to grow to reach its consumers and hit that right on the head. Yeah, it's really important because.
0: You know, I do understand that people try to come and um, be like, well, you know, you should do this and you should do that. And I'm very gung-ho on, you know, protecting your vision, protecting your brand and your energy and your space and what it is that you want to put out there. And as artists, I feel like we are so... we are so enamored with the fact that people want to be intrusive and people want to take over what you're doing. People want, people see you doing something and then they want to attach themselves to you and then take over what you're doing. And it's like, yes, you feel the need to protect yourself. However, um, (laughs) being able to kind of set standards for your brand, being able to set goals for your brand will help you to make the right decisions.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like since I like... I. I feel like I kind of, like, let mine go and gave it to <laughs> <I'm> Lily. <like, laughs>
0: but it. that's because you trust her. You know, I feel like if you yeah. can trust, if there's someone you feel like has your, your same vision, has, like, they can see what you see, then I say go for it, especially if you have a collaborative um, partnership in the beginning where, like, mm-hmm. someone's not even charging you to be that for you, or they're doing it at a, you know, at a at a bar at a barter or whatever it is like that's the best Mm -hmm. thing like take it go for it run with it even if it even if it fails at least you know you tried it you know yeah yeah
1: yeah and then I'm, I just feel like when it comes to that stuff too, like figure, like work it out because as being in a designer in the creative space, you know right. a lot of creatives, you know, like you know a lot of the people and a lot of resources around you, stuff like that. Like I would never let anyone work for right. free, not for me. But um, I would, you know, talk to them like, okay, what is a for, like, what, how many hours right. can you dedicate? How you know how how much money is enough money? You know, because I don't ever want to take anyone right. or sell short of you know, like there is because I don't do right. anything and, so,
0: I, yeah. and you know what's so funny? <laughs> I did things, and and that's something that I don't know, maybe a whole nother conversation. But that's something that I had to kind of like figure out on my own too. Like for, like growing in the mm-hmm. industry, I realized just because I didn't really know that much, or just because I was learning on my own, doesn't mean I had to do things for free for people. And Absolutely. so it took, it took me a long time to kind of like figure that out and be confident in what I had to offer to people. And I think that's important, too. I think, you know, people in general, creatives, they need to be confident in what they're offering is and be able to say, like you said, I am I'm at the point where I want to invest in this. And so if you're looking at it as an investment. You're gonna put aside money for a PR person. you're gonna put aside money for shipments to celebrity stylists. you're gonna you're gonna think about all of those aspects and you're gonna put aside money for a website. You're gonna build out you know an e-commerce program. like you're going to have to get to the point where the confidence makes you put value on what it is that you're offering.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, tell me, um, you know, like, kind of discuss, like, like, DLE and, like, how it came Mm -hmm. to,
0: like, Crucian. So, who, child? (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, two years ago, um, literally, I was, I just had moved back to New York from Dallas, and, I oh, love yeah. Dallas. You know me, honey, I'm like, I'm waiting to get my, my quote unquote, I don't want to say retirement. Cause it's not going to be like when I'm 65, but like my coins, so I could like relocate. Right. But, um, I moved back here from Dallas, um, just, uh, because the relationship I was in at the time, um, you know, my, my ex-husband had to come back here for work. So then I ended up having to come back and like start my whole life all over again. Like after already picking up my life, left all my fashion contacts, like every everything to start over in Dallas just to move back. So I felt like oh my gosh, this is annoying. Um I ended up starting working at Saks. and then after like maybe I worked oh, really, work. hey, uh, I worked on the I worked on the fifth floor <laughs> in the um contemporary designer sign nice. so i basically was only there for like 3 4 months and then i ended up getting fired because
1: same <laughs> well, I didn't get fired i just quit but yeah i was only there for like like two i was there probably like two months and then i'm just like ooh this driver's commission yeah, yeah the
0: driver's commission was like you know but i was a little bit killing it and you know I, my sales was up there but I just wasn't Mm -hmm. really paying attention to the credit card thing. And that was important to them. So, you know, I I was devastated at that point. Also found out that I was, like, four months pregnant. And then I was like, okay, like, I'm literally like, what am I doing with my life right now? So... I was just home and and I had been conceptualizing for a while a magazine. I've always wanted to have my own magazine. I've worked for other magazines and I thought it was I thought the experience was interesting, but I've never seen a magazine put together that was both aspirational and informational for creatives. So, I felt like mm-hmm. magazines that I have worked with and magazines that I love to read are mainly aspirational. So I felt like if I could deliver information from within the community, I think people would read that, like I would read that. So then I started it online and I was like, you know what, I'll just have, I'll start it like a blog and I'll just reach out to people. I started reaching out to people on different platforms and just asking them if I could interview them, I had like a whole interview thing set up. And then um, that's mm-hmm. how it grew. It basically grew like that, just cr- like me interviewing creatives and them telling their audience about me interviewing them. And then that's how the community just sort of grew. And then, um, then it grew into a showroom and then just having events. And so um, that kind of spiraled from just the different passions of things that I love, connecting people and, you know, c- um, giving information. Like that's basically what the dough is about
1: love love so let's talk about like that that shit editorial mm-hmm. space like do you find yourself being like the only black woman would you say that there's like a big need for more black women in this field like i can't i don't know any other black women who have worked for like vogue russia and like all of the stuff that you've accomplished do you definitely think it's a space there for more black i women?
0: you know that's a good question because while i was on my way up um as I was assisting, I was the only black girl. And I felt a lot of the times that I had to be a certain way just to kind of like fit in for the day. Um, Like if I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. interning at, you know, Vogue Russia or um, I didn't, I actually did not meet my first like black woman or I think she was like Afro Latino until I started assisting Katie Mossman she had an, uh, um her first assistant Um, uh, I forget her name but she was black and Latino and she was her first assistant and I was really <laughs> excited because I was like wow like here's another one like oh my gosh you know but that was like the first time and that and literally that was like maybe like three four years into me like assisting stylist. You know, and so I definitely think um, it's not a space that we occupy very much. Um, I feel like it could be for varying reasons. It might not even necessarily be just because we're black, but I definitely feel like um, there was a certain culture that is cultivated that kind of maybe might be a turnoff for black women Mm -hmm. um and I'm just speaking for myself I can't speak for all black women but um there definitely might be like a certain culture that you know that is kind of um how do I say it like you when you know when you have to like sort of play it down a little bit and you know respect submit that's the word I'm looking for submit to your authority um that you may not necessarily agree with. Like, you know, there's this kind of culture where like you really just don't know if you're comfortable or if you are doing something right or wrong. And so that might be mm-hmm. that might be a deterrent from for the for why black women are not really in this fashion editorial space. And just the access and which goes with the same thing because I just feel like the access is not there because when i was coming up like a lot of these stylists were having like ten thousand dollar credit cards i didn't have access to a ten thousand dollar credit card like i didn't i couldn't put anything on my name so literally like the access would really deter you because you really can't um you can't get that far if you have no access to clothing
1: right Mm -hmm. interesting (laughs) would you say what would you say is that i'm saying interesting because i'm just thinking about like um of course i have like so many like stylists like mm-hmm. friends or you know associates acquaintances you know they call themselves stylists or you know and i don't know i just always feel like they're in a the weird space when it comes to i guess like capitalizing mm-hmm. off of it and like trying to figure out their mm-hmm. pricing and stuff like that and i feel like that is probably the biggest like great area like i guess building the relationships that you need to pull yes. the items that you need as well as like having you know honestly targeting the right customers like and not having like an issue with like budgets right. and stuff like that but i just think it's very difficult i guess for them to kind of figure it out it just seems like a really hard it it's very hard <laughs> i would say that it just seemed like it didn't, it seems time consuming because it's like, yo, I got to go shop for you and then I got to hope that you like something. If you don't like something, I got to do another round. I got to yeah. take stuff back. I got to fit things, maybe even possibly alter things. I got to pay myself within this. Like, it just seemed like a, it look, it's a, it's yeah. like a couple days. It's, it's not like you could do it like, you know, one yeah, day. It's, it's definitely a, a, a long-ass process. Of, <laughs> out
0: of everyone, I always say that too. And like my photographer friend, um, who's the editor-in-chief at Cool America Magazine, we always used to joke about this. And he'd be like, girl, I don't know. Why you chose to be a stylist? I would never lug all those all those things around. And i laugh. And it's like, because while I'm doing it, I'm like, yo, why did I choose this profession? And so, but it's, it's, at the end of the day, I feel like stylists were rewarded by the end product. And we like seeing like how everything comes together. Because once I see my finished editorials, like I was doing sittings today, um, just for like some of the Mm -hmm. things that are going into the issue that we're um, coming out with um, shortly called African-esque. And so I was just looking through some of like the images that are going in there. And I'm just like, Oh, this is so beautiful. This is dope. This is so dope. So glad we did this. So glad we did this. And it's like, you know, the process was horrible. Getting things shipped from LA, getting them shipped to the studio, missing a shipment, picking this up. Somebody go to Soho morning of like, you know, like it's, it's a crazy process, but I feel like, if you love it you'll do it and if you love it then you need to figure out how to monetize it which honestly like I've been contemplating doing like a little workshop on that because I feel like I feel like I have to some degree like I haven't made millions from it but to some degree I have figured out how to take it from something that I just love doing to like really putting a system in place, monetizing it and making good money from it. And I think that, um, you know, that's the hardest thing for stylists, that barrier right there. Like, how do I make money from this? Because they, and that's again, the understanding, they don't even understand like what this is about. I, it took me a long time to realize why stylists exist, you know?
1: Mm hmm -mm. What would you say is the biggest challenges facing the fashion industry today?
0: Um, I feel like the biggest challenge um, would be the amount of jobs that go around for stylists. Um, I would say, Mm -hmm. you know, photography, and not to, you know, shade like photography or anything like that um photographers there's a lot that goes into photography there's a lot that goes into being a great photographer I should say um but photographers Mm -hmm. are sort of kind of like at an advantage because if I need a headshot I need a photographer I can't do that myself you know if I need an editorial Mm -hmm. I need a photographer I can't do that myself if I need pictures from my website I need a photographer I can't do that myself
1: Girl, I literally just did everything <laughs> you just named. I did a headshot on Sunday. I just did pictures for my website last week. I just did a video. You know what? But we're in. literally, how... and I'm spending, exactly. so exactly. spending so much money. Exactly. You know,
0: money. but that, and that's the thing. But there's always gonna be a job like that, and any photographer who is decent has, you know, mastered it to some degree can get that job. But styling styling you only what I realized is that styling is only um, an option at a level where there's a creative team involved so I'll give an example um, a particular company that I had uh, did a job for um, it's sort of like we spaces but they were called they're called convene and so they have like locations all over the city so they were like opening up a new location and they wanted to do like marketing videos now this marketing video literally is nothing creative nothing you know too out of the works for me that I'd be like oh let me draw up a mood board and this and that but because they had <laughs> a creative team like a creative um person in the marketing department she said we need a stylus so that that was not something that they had to, because usually at that, le- at if it was maybe like a company who didn't have the budget, they would sit tell the models to bring their own clothes. And so usually on those types of shoots, if the company is not at a level where they can bring in a budget, then the stylist is always the person that is forfeited. So that's what I think is the challenge. I think the challenge is knowing what jobs are available for stylists to be able to, and how to get them? Gotcha. Ooh, I know that <laughs> is
1: a. You know, I've interviewed I, because I've interviewed some like more so in the TV field, and she was like explaining the differences. But just like like being a stylist on set, and then I've interviewed someone who does more like mm-hmm. closet concierge, where she's just like working with clients and just like the whole process and stuff. Yeah. I was like, child <laughs> God bless your heart. <laughs> Can you tell me okay, so I have this other segment called Is a Success or Is a Disaster? (laughs) <laughs> uh tell me about a time where it was like you were working with a client or someone and it was a complete oh disaster. God. But that disaster helped you become like a better business person and maybe you maybe started a new practice or a service or a policy that you now use in your business. But it, it, it started oh as gosh. a disaster. Okay, so <laughs>
0: literally I tell the story all the time because I just have to remind myself, stay humble. <laughs> You came from somewhere, <laughs> right. So one of the one of the um one of the what is this thing called? Photo shoots that I did in the beginning. Um I linked up with like so I was like super ambitious when I first like started styling. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna work with this photographer. I don't care who he's worked with, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I reached out to a photographer, really great, amazing photographer. I still love him to this day. His name is Vic Rom um Pathag. Um And I get him on board. He gets Vanessa Evelyn, who was a makeup artist um, on board. She recently passed away. um, You know, rest in peace, her soul. And then they brought me on as a stylist. Mind you, didn't have the right access at that time. Didn't even know, like, what this was going to be. But, you know, they gave me a chance. And they were, like, top, top. Like, Vanessa Evelyn was, was friends with Patty Wilson. Like, things like that. And, um... I come on this set and I bring clothes and I'm like, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm stoked. I'm excited. Like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. This is going to be bomb. I pull out the clothes. I start putting a look one photographer is like, "Mm -hmm." like, okay, let's shoot it. You know, I'm not really feeling it. Look 2 I'm like, okay, okay. Don't worry. I'm going to make it better. Look two He's like, I I have to stop. Like, I, I don't like this. Like this is, this is not fashion. And I'm like, like, literally, my heart sunk. I'm like, what do you what do you mean this is not fashion? Like, what do, what do you mean? And he just couldn't explain it to me. And he was so upset. And so, like, the shoot was off at that point. And I had, like, eight looks literally packed. And that was mm-hmm. devastating to me, except for the fact that Vanessa Evelyn, and this is why I will never forget her, because literally, I probably would not still, I would not have gone this far had she not done this. She said to me, because she was black she said to me um listen um darling because she has a, a <laughs> she has darling a, a, a british <laughs> accent hey, hey darling um you know i'm going to take you under my wing because i see that you're a fellow black woman she was like but what you brought today was not fashion that's what she told me and so Ooh. i basically like I had to kind of take that in and I felt privileged that she did that. And from then on, like she invited me to her home in Brooklyn. And then, you know, she started showing me like, you know, taking me through like fashion history, showing me who stylists were. Um, She's the one who told me a little bit more about Patty Wilson and how they were friends, like while she was coming up in the industry. And, you know, um, she kind of gave me like, a reason to hone my vision and hone my eye until today like that is a thing that people hired me for they say you have such an eye you have such a creative eye like the things you produce are really top of the line and I attribute that to her
1: taste <laughs> mm-hmm,
0: you got taste
1: yeah. yes wow I love that so that means uh, when I'm done with my collection, <laughs> I'll be throwing some merchandise your yes, way. <laughs> I'm like, here you go. She got taste and I got taste too. Here we go. <laughs> I am so serious. That's definitely throwing my little shameless plug in there. I'm like, so you're going to pull this Polly Avertine as well? Because my <laughs> I haven't done a collection in about five years, but I'm uh, doing one okay. and I'm doing bags. Nice. I got some Ooh, Anaconda Suede yes. girl that wow, I got wow. from Italy. And it's going to be every, I do a lot of bags okay. and outerwear and jumpsuits. And that's pretty much it. Just jacket's jumpsuits. And I call my bags all jammers. Right. I mostly do like clutches. and like cross-body. So, that. you know, yes, I'll be throwing yes, them right yes, over your yes, way, yes, girl. Yes. Take it. Give it to somebody. <laughs> put it on somebody. My woman is the philanthropist woman, the multifaceted you know woman. So I'm that Sabrina Gabrielle, you I and love. me in that Tracy Ellis Ross. That's, yes, that's so that,
0: funny. I like Cause that's all my that. vision board this year. I'm like, I want Sabrina. <laughs> I want Zoe. Um I want who do I have on the end? Zoe and even though I feel like Tiana Taylor literally needs no stylist, I just love I just love her and really want to work with her and then Solange.
1: Yes, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to work with Solange. So now, you know, you have, you know, so many achievements, goals, like very yeah. well accomplished. What's next for you? What can we expect um, to see from you next?
0: Honestly, I've been just really building out the dough, just making it more of a strategic platform, um, monetizing certain aspects that I didn't necessarily come in the gate thinking I would monetize. Um, you know, just really taking, like, cue from, like, things that I've seen Vogue do, things that I've seen um, Interview Magazine do. Like, these are some of the magazines that are kind of, like, model some of the things we do after. Um, some of the things I've seen Complex do, um, so really, that's just been like my my biggest thing right now. Just really honing in on building out the dough and making it like a re- having a strong voice.
1: Love that. Okay, so is there any, like, fashion, like, not even fashion, just, like, any muse or readings or exhibits or events or anything that you can recommend? Just, like, a stylist or someone in creative directs, just to try to, like, take a look at, like, for inspiration? Oh, um, definitely.
0: Uh, boom, boom, boom. Someone who I'm actually, like, just, like, revisiting her work um, is uh, Franca Cezani. Um, she was the editor-in-chief of Vogue Italia. Um, she recently passed away, but I've been, like, kind of just revisiting her work and just kind of looking at, like, what she's done over time. Her and Anna Wintour have been the editor-in-chiefs of those respective magazines, like Anna Wintour for uh, American Vogue and her for Italian Vogue for literally the same amount of time. And so... Um, recently I started just kind of going through like what she's done and I really enjoy her work. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. Franca Cesani. Um, who else? I would say right now, uh, I'm reading, I'm actually reading two books, but one that I will, that I can recommend, um, is The Heist by Chris Derso. Um, yeah the heist so it's basically um it's how um how grace robbed us of our shame and so he's just talking about the story Mm. of jesus and how like you know that relates to certain heists throughout time and history and how that relates to our lives Mm -hmm. i would recommend that um because it's been like really uplifting for me and just like shaping my perspective on my worldview and knowing that i have a voice um, with my media platform. Um, and then, yeah, and then, um, an exhibit, like, uh, some of my editors, uh, Kayla, she, uh, she's been telling me about these exhibits that's happening in, uh, FIT. FIT has some really great exhibits going on. Um, I know we are, like, indoors, but, um, I think, like, most of these exhibits are kind of trying to work out some kind of online thing. One that we're actually featuring in the upcoming issue is... Hold on. I'll give you the name just now. Um, Phyllis. Her name is Phyllis Galambi, I believe. And she's, she's, has, she has this exhibit that's in... It's in Florida, but they're doing online displays um, now through September. Of unmasking uh, the rituals and spiritual, um, and, uh, spiritual rituals in night- in Africa and so it's really great like african mask and african dress like masquerades and like it's it's beautiful like if you love african art or anyone who's into african art or into just um african history it's a great exhibit that i i would recommend and we'll we'll have that feature too in our upcoming issue so we'll definitely be promoting it on ig Love that.
1: Love that. Well, thank you so much, Jane, for joining me. I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day. Definitely, once we're back up and running, (laughs) I get you in the studio. We go over a whole nother conversation. I wanted to get cute during quarantine because I'm not going anywhere.
0: I'm like, I really want to go. But, you know, I just had to really consider, like, um, you know, everything happening. I was just like, all right, let me just chill. But definitely, once we're back up and running, I would love to come through.
1: Love that. We can even. I had once you thought. Once you started talking about that uh workshop, I am thinking about doing okay. like a retreat because I have a lot of different um a lot of different people in different states. Um, and I went to a retreat, a fashion retreat, and I thought it was nice. So I would like to have one here and have multiple oh, awesome. different workshops and stuff. And that would be really nice oh, if definitely. you could, like, teach workshops then. But I'm still, like, trying to plan everything out. But I wanted to encompass, like, completely, yes. like, the fashion business. So Great, really, brain. really drive, like, that stylist piece for designers. And, you know, have a lot of, hopefully, a lot of the stylists will attend. Right. And they'll learn something. They'll then the designers right. could also learn each other. Then y'all all in this room together yes, make is... connections and figure out who's on the same word as you. Yes. And y'all can get this and stuff done. Like, like network across. That,
0: make- <laughs> we need more of that. Like, you know, more of people connecting people yeah. and getting the resources in the same room. Like, I think that is so genius and it promotes yes. us being in the industry more because we need the information and nobody's giving it to us. So I think that's, I'd love to be a part of that. So just let me know. And speak, Amazing. speaking of that, I sorry, just wanted to say, share also that um, a friend of mine, who's a celebrity stylist, um, jamesrsanders.com If you go to that, um, he's actually doing a workshop mm-hmm. right now that is about um, fashion writing and how to get started as a journalist in fashion. And he's actually offering, and the reason why I recommend it is because he's actually offering with it the contacts to um, big magazines and platforms that are actually hiring currently, looking for contributing writers. And so he's teaching you how to pitch. He's teaching you how to um, structure writing for fashion magazines. And so anyone looking to really get into that, I would recommend that as a good resource. And it's 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 amazing. Like I'm 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 just like all for sharing information with our community so that they can get started yes. in whatever it is that they're dreaming about doing.
1: I love that Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that Y'all heard that right So <laughs> I was like Make sure Make sure you check that out Okay Thank you so much Thank you much, I appreciate it I will definitely be in contact I'll yes, be throwing yes, a whole lot do. of stuff Thank your way Thank you so much for
0: having me I really appreciate it You have a good
1: one Perfect Alright As I always say Stay black Peace out Masking, uh, it's black. What Masking.
0: Is black What you looking Masking. at
1: Masking Is black
0: What you looking at
1: Masking is black. What you looking My at? My skin is black.
0: What you looking at? My-